This is Tara Cowley, the queen of the dinosaurs and founder of Dropkick Depression, and you're listening to Wrestling Cheers. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you are the queen of the dinosaurs. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going on in Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is an interview with someone who doesn't normally wrestle in the Northeast Ohio area. Actually, they are retired. But I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Your Everless is fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose, desire WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at WhatAManeuver.net. Like I said, this is a another episode, another interview where we will be interviewing someone who doesn't normally wrestle in the Northeast Ohio area. The last one that I'm planning like this for the month and they're actually retired and they were actually a saver for this episode. Uh, the little peek behind the person, the uh, curtain, the person that I had planned has to reschedule. So that's going to be planned in the future. Not really going to announce it just yet, but I actually have on someone who I wanted on this month and we got her because I'm really bad at getting female interview so i'm so happy to have on tara calloway hello hi <laughs> so how's uh how's uh retirement been treating you well end of the world and everything but <laughs> retirement has actually been pretty good uh specifically because my body doesn't feel like it's going to fall apart 24 7 um i i feel like nice and like i don't have to worry about oh god what is it going to feel like when i wake up in the morning so that's been wonderful. But now with, with everything going on in the world, you just have a whole <laughs> bunch of other problems to wake up to every single day. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it, it's it's not the best. Uh, I will say I am very happy. Uh, I actually got married the week before New Jersey shut down. Uh, so I was able to get married and then now just have this really long extended staycation honeymoon uh, where I just get to be with my husband all the time because there's nowhere to go. <laughs> did you have any original honeymoon plans? So we didn't. Um, we were just trying to kind of like save some money and, and you know, have like a, a better future. So we weren't planning on doing anything major. We did end up going the week or the, the day after. Um, we ended up going to an aquarium to go hang out with penguins and so that was about the extent of what we were going to do for the honeymoon anyway. And we still got to do it. I mean, it's kind of lucky that you had that plan because you didn't know that this world was just going to take a shit on you. Cause I know with like me, I got, <laughs> I got engaged at the end of last year and we're going to get married towards the end of next year, next, uh, next October. And 
our original plan was to go to Disney World for a honeymoon. And now we're to a point where like, do we really want to do that? We don't know what's going to happen. So our new backup plan that we came up with is we're going to spend kind of a week in Canada, kind of take a little road trip. I got some friends in Montreal I'm going to go visit. I've always, we both have always wanted to go to Niagara Falls and go to both sides of it and just have a little bit cheaper uh, experience compared to what we would have had to spend at uh down in Disney World. So, hey, I'm, it's going to help me out a little bit. Yeah, no, I, like and it's kind of funny. The, the entire uh, road trip through Canada is definitely a lot cheaper than Disney World. And it's very, very weird that that's a thing. Like Disney World, for some reason, just became the most expensive place on the planet. Uh, so, yeah, even though as a giant of a Disney fan as I am and as much as I love Disney World, I think you guys are definitely making a good decision with the uh, road trip through Canada. That's that's awesome. And it's not even like a, like we're not going through the whole thing. Like our plans are is mm-hmm. kind of just into see that's what above right above Ohio. That's on I think Ontario and Quebec. Like that's probably going to be it. And the yeah. only, only reason we're going into Quebec is like I said because I got friends who live around Montreal. So I mean they told me how it is there and like to stay away from certain areas, just like like the hardcore French areas because it's it's really going to be hard to get around. But other than that, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to, and it just to. I don't know. I've never been to another country before. And I think Canada being fairly close to where we're at, like, why not go to Canada? Yeah, Canada is wonderful. I only got to go, uh, like, I think once. Did I go once? I went twice. I went to, uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, it's a great experience for, like, I am very bummed out that wrestling has kind of been put on hold and the borders have been closed because I was very much looking forward to tagging along anytime, uh, Jeff had, a booking up in Canada just to like go hang out and see everything that there is to see up there and get all the Canadian food. Oh yes. So much better than American food. Well, like, I don't even think it's really a shot at American food. I think like for us, like we're Americans, we're used to a lot of it. So whenever I get a chance yeah. to experience anything Canadian or Japanese or like, I mean like not necessarily just the food, the cuisine, but sometimes even the snack food that they have, it's a conversation I can always have where when I just find out like things that, Canada has that we don't have and I think it's crazy because whenever you talk to somebody from another country and you're like well we don't have that and they're like oh how do you not have that like I've had so many conversations with people from the UK and this could be a really good transition to something but uh, we don't have jelly babies here and they think we're crazy and I'm like oh no and when I tell them like oh it's illegal because supposedly one of the ingredients isn't FDA approved they're like how are jelly babies illegal and I'm like I don't know but they are. <laughs> oh man! So uh, I use that kind of as a tradi- as a transition because I haven't okay. heard this in many interviews from you, but I know you are a Hoovian. Yes, I am. <laughs> and the funny thing is, like I've known that, and then I'll try to do when I'm ha- uh, having somebody on for an interview. I'll try to like pull from other interviews, just hear how the conversations that they had, and someone like ma- mentioned it in passing with you, and I was like, I knew she was a Hoovian. Why didn't I have this written down? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, what was your uh, introduction to Doctor Who? Um, when I want to say four Christmases ago, I want to say four Christmases ago, uh, I was back home in Vegas with my family, and we were at my aunt's house, and my cousin liked it, and so she had it on because they were doing like a Netflix special, like a, a Netflix, and they were like Netflix had just put it on or something, and she was really excited, so she was just watching through. Um, and it was the ninth doctor and I was kind of like paying attention and I've always been big into sci-fi. 
uh, everything. Like I've watched Star Trek my entire life. I love Stargate SG one. Like I've always been a big sci-fi nerd. And so I kind of started paying attention and I was like, this is really interesting. It's like a sci-fi show that I've never even heard of. Like I'd never heard of Dr. Who at that point. Um, and so I watched a few episodes and I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. And I ended up texting my dad about it because my dad is the reason why I'm a big sci-fi person. And my dad goes, I've been watching Doctor Who my whole life. Uh, <laughs> it's my favorite. Like I was like, how did like how did you never like tell me about like I I what just blew me away. So when I came back home, um, I ended up watching through uh, all like everything. And it just I, I fell in love. And what's even funnier is I don't like the ninth doctor. Like I really like it. I struggled to get through those episodes. Uh, and then when I got from 10 on, I was just like, this is perfect. This is the best show ever. I love this so much. And I ended up falling off and not watching, uh, sadly, actually not watching a sense, the newest doctor simply because it was like, there's no streaming service. That's a free service for me to watch it on. Like they, Amazon, you had to pay and everything. And I wasn't, I, you know, I got life, I got bills, so I wasn't watching it. So I haven't watched anything recent. I've only gotten up to when 12 becomes 13, but yeah, it's, I just, I love it so much. <laughs> okay. Perfectly enough. We're at the same point. Uh, for me, oh, it, wow. it was kind of like, <laughs> I, I got behind and I never got a chance to go back, but I do think, I want to say here in my office, I have uh Jody Whittaker's first uh, season, but I have not. I've just not had time to sit down and watch it for me. Like, I think my story getting into doctor who is real weird, but it's just, I mean, everybody has their own path to everything. And, um, uh, for me, I, I was really getting into epic rap battles of history and I'd always heard of doctor who, I had friends who like doctor who I'd gone to hot topic enough. I had seen this stuff, but there wasn't anything that really, really pulled me into it. But after watching, they did epic rap battles of history, doctor who versus doc Brown. I was like, okay, what's, what is this doctor who stuff about? And I, I went on Facebook and I, I just did what normal people do. I asked and people like gave me their opinions on it. And I mean, a lot of it was just like, oh my God, you're going to love it, blah, 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 blah. And it was on Netflix. So I was like, okay, let me check this out. You know, probably much like you, you get through the ninth, uh, doctor, which I, I like him. I liked him as a doctor, but those mm -hmm. episodes aren't very good. Like the only things that were good were, I think I love the first episode, the second episode's good. And then after that, like just, it gets more of the campiness of what it used to be in the eighties or what I've seen, like it was in the eighties. So they were trying to like, yeah. trying to find a new way to do everything. And then the regeneration happens. We get into the 10th doctor and I go, okay, like I'm kind of liking this. The end of the second season was the first moment. I'm like, okay, I'm starting to get pulled in even more because it was the whole, <laughs> It was the whole thing of the Daleks versus the Cybermen, and they're yes. just they're just talking shit to each other, and <laughs> the Daleks were like, "Oh no, Cybermen! Like, how many of you are there? There's like so many, like all, all this of us, and they're like five. They're like, you can beat us with five Daleks. And they're like, no, actually, we can beat you with just one. And I was just like, oh my god, this show's awesome. And then I got just sucked into it with Matt Smith. And I remember seeing him as a doctor. And I'm like, this guy looks ugly. Like, why do people love him? And then I get to his episodes. And I'm like, oh my God, I love Matt Smith. This is great. <laughs> so like, uh, I got, I think you, did you meet Matt Smith or did you meet Tennant? I, I met Matt Smith uh, because okay. Matt Smith is my favorite doctor. I like whenever people ask me about like my favorites or whatever, I always say that my favorite doctor is 11 
However, my doctor, the one that I claim, is 12 because I actively watched Peter Capaldi throughout like i was actively watching it as the episodes were being released okay so that was the doctor that i was actually like present for as it was happening um but yeah no matt smith was my absolute favorite still is my absolute favorite doctor uh so that was amazing that i got to meet him even though it's literally for three seconds it's literally hi take a picture okay get out (laughs) but (laughs) it was still so cool (laughs) i i met him and karen they they did oh, a wow. yeah they did they did comic con in Cleveland and the year before like Karen was just here and I really wanted to go but I like I passed it up and I was like ah oh, mm-hmm. like this kind of sucks whatever and then they announced so many months prior they're like Matt Smith and Karen Gillian you can get a combo ticket I'm like oh my god oh my god like this is it and it was also too it was happening in February right around tax time I'm like I can just take tax money. And use it <laughs> and use it. And that's basically what I did. But uh, I met them. Uh, Matt was great. Karen was great. Uh, like Karen was super nice. And then like you'll get this because you've been in wrestling. I like I go to all these shows and I have a certain basically etiquette that I, I'm I'm just used to. So after I get the mm-hmm. picture with with uh, Matt Smith and Karen, I turn to Matt and I shake his hand one more time. Like, thank you. Cause mm-hmm. I, I always do that. Like with, with wrestlers, like after, like I get that picture, I just shake their hand just as like this. Thank you. And then after I walked yeah. away, I'm like, Oh, that might've came off weird. He might be a germaphobe. Holy shit. Uh, I don't <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that I, and I got, cause I was trying to figure out too, what should I get signed? Because I had the, the ticket of where I could get, get the picture and the autograph. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just so picky. Like, I'm like, I can't get certain things because then I'm going to want everybody to sign it. And I can't, I'm not going to meet everybody. And yeah. I went to an FYE and I found the po- uh, police telephone sign. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is perfect. So I'm like, I can have anybody sign it. And I'm like, if yeah. it's just Matt and Karen, it's perfect. And like, that's all that's like on my wall signed by them. And so, half the time I for- do forget about it. But that I mean, it was such a cool moment. They really they, those I people always like not like make fun of, but people like poke fun about oh, you spent, you know, $80 to go take a picture with someone that you only spent three seconds with? It's like, yes, because it's the coolest moment of my life. Like, I will remember that moment forever. It was so cool. Like, don't, just, who cares? Let me be a fan. <laughs> well, the same thing with me. I, I paid for VIP because I was like, if I pay more money, I don't have to wait in line as long. So I'm just going to, granted, it's, it's, quote, would, quote, suck, but if I can get my day done quicker, I mean, I'm basically paying for my time, so I'm perfectly fine with that. But yeah, people, people like really crap on that. But like, that's like you said, I don't know. It's really cool. Like that for me, that was my doctor and that's my companion. Like I love every, like the whole pawn storyline. Like there was oh just, my God, yes. there were so many moments in that, their, their arc that like either I was really shocked, like spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it already, when it was revealed that a uh, river song was uh melody pawn mm-hmm. like that blew my mind because when i when they explained <laughs> it i was like oh my god that was right in front of us the whole time <laughs> and especially like the pawns last episode like there was oh a, my god there was a while oh. after watching that just watching that episode just thinking about it i would like kind of well up a little bit because i was just like that that raggedy man like goodbye and oh oh it's it's there are two like because this is going to sound super emotional but sometimes there's just days where you just need to cry like you have like those moments where you're like i absolutely need to get 
some type of release out. So I'm going to cry. I'll feel better. And anytime I need to cry, I will either put on that episode or I'll put on the uh, Van Gogh episode. I knew you were going Because there. one way or another, I will end up crying like a baby and I'll feel so much better afterward. <laughs> I feel like the Van Gogh episode is the Blink episode for Tenant. Where I think you don't have to go in with a lot of Doctor Who knowledge. Like, you have to go in more than you do with Blink. Like, Blink is the always the entrance point I've heard for people. I started with um, Eccleston's first episode just saying, like, okay, let me just start from this new beginning. But yeah. that's what I've heard a lot of people say. Like, if you like that episode, go back in to Eccleston and watch it from there. If not, like, it just gives you a good barometer. But I think Van Gogh is the same way because it's so hard to get past that you know that big final scene and i love it too because it's definitely something that would never happen but i feel like it's the doctor he's like he's breaking his own rule basically mm-hmm. being like listen you're a lot bigger deal i'm going to take you to the future and show you like how your work's appreciated and it, like it's it's it is so it's definitely a, a standout episode yeah it's i think it's honestly it's my favorite episode and it might just be because i know that i'm gonna like just like feel better emotionally after watching it (laughs) do you have a favorite companion so i always people whenever i say river people go well she's not a companion she doesn't count so i will say amy and rory are my favorites um i absolutely hate martha with all of my being um i took me a while to get used to clara but then Clara kind of like went up in the ranks. Yeah. So I want to say if you count River, it goes River, the pawns, and then Clara. Uh, if River doesn't count, then it would just be uh, Amy and Rory and then Clara. I count I, I count River. Like she's not this a companion that that traveled, but like her story arc. I mean, I mean, good. You want to talk about another uh, <laughs> maybe emotional episode like I love the idea that they introduced a character in an episode and that ends up being what would be their death. And, but you continue to see them because it's their past self. Yeah. And they, they, like, even when they finally told the, the Derillium story, like they finally put like this, this is her, this is the moment before she uh, walks and meets 10 for the very Mm -hmm. first time. And, oh, like, just that whole thing of like where she's she finally realizing everything with with 10 and like this also 10 realized or just the doctor realized like oh my god like this person means so much to me and he's like you knew my name <laughs> oh that's i i I've, oh, go ahead think about river <laughs> she's great like over, yeah that's sorry i'm just like over here just like thinking about how much i love river like i always say that i try to live my life like river song like i want the confidence <laughs> and the badassery uh of river song um and i just everything like the way that they told her story everything was just so perfect and i remember i can't remember i'm pretty sure it was a special um where her and peter capaldi end up on whatever planet or moon that her book said was going to be their last night together uh and when it, she says like oh this is our last night and he says oh i forgot to mention nights your last like 22 years or something and i was just like oh stop like this is just the most perfect yeah (laughs) stop (laughs) yeah that's what i was meaning with uh drillium i think that's what it was called oh is that what it was called yeah yeah yeah, like yeah it was it was a christmas special 
And yeah, yeah, see, yeah. It's it was just that just it was just so like cute and perfect, and I loved it. Because <laughs> I even I even had the idea that whenever he talked about like oh you you showed up with a new haircut, I figured it was actually a, like a different doctor. And I do like within that episode too is you get like the first time that she's seeing this version, so yeah. like she doesn't realize it at first, and like. <laughs> It's like that the rev- kind of the reverse dynamic to the tenant episode, and I, I t- probably under it. I think Capaldi was really good, but I think when he was coming after my favorite, it was like I like you, but I I don't love you as much as I liked Matt Smith. But like you're still good, and I love that we kind of went back to a an older doctor, so he could be a little grumpy, and like I think he he played that <laughs> really, really well. So it was fun. Yeah, I I genuinely like I don't understand the hatred that Peter Capaldi always got. Uh, I think he was great. I think he he played everything uh, very well, and I was very like even though I wasn't the biggest um, fan of the season, or I'm not even sure it was a full season, but when it was him and Bill, I was just like you know like I get like this is, this is all right. Like it was just it was kind of like going a little downhill for me. But I never really like took that out on Peter Capaldi. I was never like, oh, he's just a bad doctor. I don't like it anymore. I was just something had changed in that point. I think one of the writers had actually changed at that point, and it got a little weird. Uh, and I was just like, all right, but I'm not going to hold it against Peter Capaldi. Like, I'm not sure why so many people were so anti him. But maybe it was just that Matt Smith was such a great doctor that when he came around, everyone was just like, no, you're not Matt Smith. <laughs> like people hated on him i remember people hated on clara which like i didn't lo- technically love clara because like i said i mean it goes the same thing with capaldi it's like you're coming after my favorite uh companion but yeah. with with her too i felt like that last bit of matt smith like that la- last half of a season was a more of a build and a focus on the doctor and his a little bit more of his backstory and get be- building up to the 50th anniversary and the regeneration so there was a lot more focus put on him than it was the companion but then when we have the next season with capaldi there was a lot more put on her so there was a she got to shine a little bit more she got to show this character development which i know a lot of people said she didn't have but when like i said that first half season i mean the biggest thing is well how is she the impossible girl and then that gets explained but you then also go into more of the the regeneration because obviously the 50th anniversary episode probably one of my favorite episodes and the fact that it's a special it has both tenant and smith and introducing the war doctor and like just especially the i watched it live i don't know about you like the when it actually like they had it air all over the world same time no commercial breaks and oh, wow. no i didn't get to see that no oh it was so good and oh, wow i mean I've, I've seen it but just not live yeah That's yeah, yeah. Awesome. Also, I uh, I went to the movie theater to go see it because it was later on they uh, had a which was like maybe the next week they had like one or two showings on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. So like I was like I have to go like check that out in the theater. Also, it was three D. So oh, that's cool. <laughs> the the paintings like when they t- talked about how the paintings had this three dimensional look. Yeah, like that was like one of the really cool features because it actually looked like there was all this depth behind it in the painting. But anyway. Um, when you got to all the doctors together, like that whole scene. Yeah. And like, I know like I went crazy for that, especially which it, it wasn't new footage, but the whole Christopher Eccleston, just like, and for my next trick, like they just pulled an old, old footage out. Like I didn't expect to see it, but I'm like, Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs> and then, Oh no, all 13. And you just see Peter Capaldi's eyes. I'm like, Oh, this is so good. 
<laughs> I feel like I need to go back and rewatch this up. Like, I, I just need to rewatch the whole thing. Like, I know, like, they took it off of all the streaming services now for free. You can't even get it on Amazon Prime anymore, which is where I had been watching it. But now I feel like, you know what, maybe it's one of those days I just need to pay for it and go watch everything. Because I just, I miss my Doctor Who fix. <laughs> I didn't realize that, but then again, I bought, a couple years ago, they had it to where, at least it was at Walmart. And I was like, well, this is kind of weird to see Doctor Who at Walmart. But they had box sets per Doctor. And it was, oh, wow. yeah, it was Eccleston and Tennant were in one box. Matt Smith was in the other. And I think there was a Capaldi one. I can't necessarily see it from where i'm at because it is here in the office but i'm like i'm like oh i gotta buy these and they were they were a decent price because the one thing i never liked about buying doctor who seasons is they were expensive because mm -hmm. they're all imported so most places were wanting at least if i went to a store to buy it like fye or something they were like 50 to 70 dollars a pop and i'm like listen i love it but i don't know if i i want to spend all this money on all these seasons when like right now at that point like i was watching on netflix and then yeah. like, they did go to Amazon, so it at least went down to a cheaper price. Yeah, it's, I haven't seen any of those box sets, but I think if I did, I probably would snatch it up the second I could. So what was it like coming into wrestling fandom later in your life? It was weird, uh, <laughs> especially because when I first started watching wrestling, I didn't really like tell my parents because I wasn't like around my parents I was older, so I was like, oh, I'm a teenager now, like, leave me alone, mom. Uh, and so I didn't really, like, tell them I was watching it, and I didn't really, like, tell my friends, because all my friends were either sports people or artsy people. Like, there was nobody that was going to understand that I was watching wrestling. It's weird. And so I would just, like, kind of keep it to myself. And then I think I told my mom that I was watching wrestling by me going, hey, uh, there's a wrestling school like half an hour away. I'm going to go check out the wrestling school because I think I want to be a professional wrestler. And she was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, like I've been watching wrestling for the last few months and it was really, really cool. And so like, I think I, I'm going to go try to do it. And she was just like, what? <laughs> Like she would just like look at me like I don't what you're speaking like a different language to me right now, and so yeah like I would I would never really watch it around my family but like I would tell like some people like oh yeah you know I'm going to school like because of wrestling and stuff and people were like oh that's cool or the people would be like oh that's that's weird like that's not that's not that from like the 90s that's so weird but it was it was one of those things where like I didn't get to have like the fun hanging out with your you know childhood friend and like fake wrestling each other in in, in the uh, living room while you're watching your your favorites do it like i didn't get to do any of that and so i feel like i did get to miss out on some of the uh fun aspects of growing up and watching professional wrestling but i mean now i i don't care like i i literally wore a bull nakano shirt to work today like <laughs> i don't care who knows that i, that I like wrestling because i'm a 30 year old adult i'm allowed to like what i like <laughs> I think it's like a crazy backstory because I mean I think of me I, I've been watching wrestling since like 1993 I was like seven right around seven or eight around that time and like there's a lot of stuff that like I grew up with like whether it be just the maybe it's the storylines or, or like getting figures as a kid so like I have these like childhood definitely memories that are linked to my childhood and you're coming in late and like things that like I enjoyed I mean we're not that far apart in age so like things that I like grew up liking you had no idea of like have there's been like anything 
far further back that you've gotten into I mean, well bull nakan was probably one of them and, <laughs> but i mean she is great I, I wish she would be working right now in a lot of places i think i mean granted it's not uh knocked towards anybody but i thought like that's the person that should have been with nyla rose because i thought those two together would have just been so awesome oh yeah that that would have been insane actually <laughs> uh i i when i first started watching I kind of would go back and watch other stuff, especially when I started training, because they would people would be mentioning things, and I'd be like, I don't know what any of this is, and so like, <laughs> I'd have to go back just to like not keep up in class, but to like understand what was being said by everyone else. Like it was like speaking another language when people were like, oh, you know, I'm gonna do like a diamond cutter, and you know, I'm gonna do like a spine buster, and and I'm just like, I just know these wrestlers' names. Like I don't even know the names of the moves unless like Michael Cole yelled it out on commentary. So I would go back and watch older stuff just to like be able to have a conversation in training with my uh, classmates. Um, so I, I would go back like I fell in love with William Regal fairly quickly. Um, and at the time when I was watching, I don't remember what he was doing, but it wasn't anything like what I had fallen in love with. Um, and then a lot of people saying like, oh, like women's wrestling in Japan is really cool. You have to watch that. So I you know, go back and like that's how I ended up finding Bull. Um, and I watched a lot of WCW Nitro, uh, going back and everything, but I just, I don't like, I would watch to survive. Basically I would go back and watch what I thought I needed to watch so that I would be able to understand what was happening or understand a character, especially when I was trying to come up with like what type of character I was going to be, which I ended up not being a character until like six years ago. (laughs) Um, I would like go back and like try to get inspiration, but I would never really like, I never decided, you know what? I have to go back to 1980 and and watch all the way up. Like it wasn't like a doctor who thing where I would just watch the whole thing. I would just kind of go back to when I thought I needed to go back to and and watch here and there to see, just to like see what I can do to survive uh, having conversations with people. I think it's crazy. Like it's in between like you getting into wrestling so late and then like you just mentioned about how you didn't really get a gimmick till later on which i mean i think it's more unnatural when you get people who are able to really develop like something like on their own and like it'll just it just feels genuine and like too the thing that i didn't know because i heard on one interview i'm like that is really cool the fact that tara calloway came from just uh pulling names out of a hat yep Cause I even thought about like asking, maybe asking her, I was like, where did you get your name? I mean, some people it's like, ah, it's gonna be my name. Or it's like, oh, I got inspiration from this and this and this. It's like, nope. Uh, we pulled uh, Tara out of a hat and Callaway out of a hat and boom, here we are. Yep. It was definitely the weirdest way that I think someone could have ever gotten their name. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it, it was fine. It worked for me cause I really liked the undertaker. So it was fine. Uh, I think maybe like two years in, I was like, oh, I really hate this name now. Cause if one more person asks me if I'm the Undertaker's daughter, I'm probably <laughs> gonna like freak out. Um, but uh, like, and I think I wanted to change it a few years afterwards because of the Callaway thing, and then I actually wanted to change it. I want to say like a year or two later as well because Victoria had debuted in Impact as Tara, and I was just like, God damn it! Like <laughs> everything, no matter what I do, it's just gonna be it's gonna be like copied and not not copied, but like it's i can't get away from being unoriginal uh so i i definitely haven't liked the fact that my name was tara calloway but i also just never wanted to start from scratch 
So I was like, well, this is, we're going in for the long haul now. Have you ever thought of like what the other options could have been? Like just by luck, the different first name or last name that it could have been? Uh, no, not really. Cause <laughs> I just, it's just all I've really ever known. I'm just like, all right, well, this is, this is what I'm going by. Like, I just really never had like a, what could have been moment. Like I, there was, I think when I was managing before I was ever wrestling, I was just managing. Uh, and they put me with like a Italian Guido, New Jersey gimmick guy. And for that one show, I went by the name Evie. Uh, I forgot why I believe it was cause like, it was like, they were going to like say like my full name was like some big long Italian name, but they shortened it to Evie. Uh, and so for that one show I did that. But other than that, I've just, I was always just like, yeah, Tara Calloway. That's fine. That That's me. Okay. <laughs> and it's, it's so hard to change your name. I think the only person that I can think of off the top of my head that has, I, I feel it's been a successful name change. But I, I know there has to be more, but that's uh, Jinx to Ziggy Heim, which I, I love how like she's done it because it was she had to like rechange her whole image. Mm-hmm. So people yeah. just stop going Jinx. And I, I honestly think she she's done really well, but it had to do with that. It's not like we're just changing our name. We're changing every single thing you know about me. And I think, what did I try to put? Oh, because she was goes bloody adorable. And I'm like, well, basically what you're doing is you're be- trying to become a little bit more bloody and a little less quote adorable. Oh yeah. I didn't even think of it that way, but yeah, you're right. <laughs> now that I think about how she looks and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and now like I've kind of got out of calling her jinx. Like just within my head, like I don't call her that, but that guy now going, Oh, that's, that's Ziggy. Yeah. That's Ziggy. Now let's, and she's, yeah. I'm super proud of her and seeing like what she's done. Like even right before everything happened, like she finally debuted in AIW in, I went nuts because I never thought the day would happen. No, <laughs> she's the best. I, I do like I there's some girls that I immediately latch on to and I'm like, yes, you're awesome and I love you and we're going to be in this together forever. And she's definitely one of those because she is just such a genuine person. So people like Faye Jackson and Angela Slane. <laughs> yes, my best friends in the whole wide world. <laughs> Two people that I would never have met outside of wrestling. Uh, so I'm the most thankful that I've had wrestling so that I could meet people like them and just have the best two friends on the entire planet. Because we would all three kill somebody for one another <laughs> and have no second. Like, if one of them came up to me and was like, hey, this dude needs to go, like, all right, let's go. Let's get a shovel. Let's get a tarp. I'm on. Let's go. <laughs> like, and it's it's a very mutual feeling between all three of us for all three of us. Like we would it's just it's a perfect little triangle. <laughs> I know like with Angelus, like seeing like some of the things she's gone through through the years and like even like when she retired, I thought like that that completely sucked. But I understood, especially when she was, quote, straight from the emergency room, uh, <laughs> like I, I'll. Yes. I'll literally never forget like so many times she was announced for AIW shows and I'm like, somebody put her in bubble wrap between now and then I want her at this show. <laughs> and um, yeah, she's so great. So same with Faye Jackson. It's like really cool. Like both of those women have connections to Northeast Ohio. I've seen like both of them here, especially to I'm not too far away from where uh, Faye Jackson went to college and to hear and like see some of the fr- like things between you, like your friendship is great. And actually it's kind of, 
through Angela a little bit that I first heard of you, and that was a little stable called Gothic. Yes. Which <laughs> the short-lived, uh, weird stable. <laughs> I loved it. Like just that that whole idea of like you three, and that's crazy too. Like you. Angela Lane and Harlow O'Hare, who I had, had at that point just heard about through some sort of like post from Shotzi Blackheart, because like they did something together. And I was like, oh, who's this? And then boom, here's this table called Gothic, where I first officially seen like you in a match or just even heard of you, because just the world of professional wrestling and independent wrestling, it's so vast with so many companies to where you can't keep track of everybody. But oh, yeah, that stable was really good. And I know. People compared have compared you to Jessica Havoc, and mm-hmm. it made me think of a, a dream match that I have now that'll probably never happen: Gothic versus the Midwest Militia. <laughs> I mean, I wrestled one of those people, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I and I'm sure that the other two might. I actually, yeah, I know that uh, Harlow has definitely wrestled Jessica. And so now we just need to know if uh, Angelus has wrestled Sassy. I bet I, I, I feel like that has happened in all singles matches uh, throughout our careers and just never once in a, uh, <laughs> in a trios. Speaking of which, do you know what's happened to Harlow hair? Because she just vanished. That's something I keep asking people because she was everywhere and then nowhere. Uh, as far as I know, she is currently living her best life. Okay, that's and good. is is doing doing good things for herself and that's honestly way more important than anything in professional wrestling okay that's good i, I never have to know details but as long as i know that they're happy <laughs> and like maybe there wasn't yeah. a, a wrong term but like she was someone i really really liked and i think i got to see her maybe one of her last shows that she was mm-hmm. booked at and that was like bizarre lucha uh because oh, okay. i was gra- i gravitated towards her also because she has a french bulldog and so do I. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> so, so I was just like, I really want to see her live. And I ended up like, uh, taking a trip to Indy. So that was like, that was like really cool. And yeah, Gothic, I, I wish there would have been more from that. But I mean, short lived. But I think it's really yeah. cool that like, I, like a, somebody like you was in it and also Angelus because Angelus is fucking awesome. Yeah, she's, she's the act. I think this the best in all, in all ways, the best. Um, you're big into Godzilla, I know. Yes, I am. Uh, I have been a fan. Again, it's just on that weird sci-fi kick that my dad has uh, always put me through. <laughs> okay, I've never got into it, but what do you think about the new, like, kind of like reboot of uh, that 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 universe? I don't know what exactly you want to call it, but the trying to revive those big monster movies. So I actually haven't watched the most recent one. Um, I did watch Shin Godzilla, which was, uh, I want to say like three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, that had come from Japan. But I have not watched the most recent American one. Um, I'm all for it. I'm all for the big monster movies. Um, I think that they can be done really, really well, especially when, I know people want to like crap all over like oh cgi 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 but it's like you know if they do it well and they do it tastefully it doesn't even matter it looks like it's just a visual like stunning thing to see and i'm all for you know big old monsters just destroying cities and you know taking everything out that's why i think 
there's a movie um, called Cloverfield that I originally thought was just like a horror movie. And then getting into it, it was like, oh, this is, this is not a horror movie. <laughs> it is a monster movie. And I, I loved it. I love monster movies. I think they're awesome. Uh, and anytime it's big, scary monster versus a bunch of little people, it's just like, you know what? I'll take it. And I'm so I don't care all like the, the critics or like the purists that are like, oh, it, no, it's only the stuff from the 80s or the, the 70s or, you know, only the old stuff. It's like, no, you got you got to watch everything because it's just cool. It, it Everything is different and everything is cool. I'm all for like not necessarily rebooting things, but like trying to like put a different spin on it or trying to just update yeah. it. And I think that's where we are with those movies. I never really got into Godzilla as a whole mainly because like there's just like so many movies. I mean, I'd always heard of it. And then I remember the one in the nineties, but I, I never, I wasn't really gravitated towards it. And then far as what I've ever heard about it, it was a good decision. But when they were trying to build this, this like uh, universe, basically I'm all for it because like we've seen it with movies like the Marvel cinematic universe and all that to where I, I think like that can work and I want to see other things things try it because you have all these like marvel franchises like they can work alone but when you put them all together they create this like bigger and better world and i was really getting into like this whole idea like i think i didn't watch the first one that kicked off the series but i watched uh the king kong one and i watched whatever one was after that Mm -hmm. and it just kind of like pulled me in like okay i don't have to start from the beginning you're going to explain a lot of the stuff to me yeah. So and there'll be stuff for for other fans, but like I know, like at the end of uh, uh, Skull Island, where they kind of like show all these different characters, and like I kind of knew the name. Like even I got decided. I'm like, ooh, good. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna build this up. Cool. This is another universe I can just dive into and just get this different experience. But yeah, a lot of people poo poo on it. But I don't. As a whole, I never understand like poo pooing on remakes. Yeah, like especially if it's not like a straight remake. If it's something where it's going off on its own, like, thing. It's just a spinoff. It's just something that it's another realm of reality that people can go enjoy. And if you don't like that, you can stay in your little realm of reality. Like, you can stay and watch just the movies that you want to watch and not watch any of the new stuff. And, like, there's no... It's okay that things are being redone. As long as, you know... Like, I don't want to say, like, oh remake this movie and make it the exact same but just make it cgi instead of puppetry or whatever that they were using back then um but like it's the exact same story exact same dialogue all that. i don't do that that's that's lame <laughs> but when they're going and telling a completely different story that's in a general realm of a character i think it's more than fine everyone has something that they are going to enjoy or not enjoy and just, you know, let people live their lives. Let them enjoy what they want to watch. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like people who just don't want to like, I don't want to say turn off the TV, but they just don't want to be like, well, maybe this wasn't for me, but this could be for someone else. Like, I'll always look back yeah. to uh, the female Ghostbusters. I love Ghostbusters. I got a like pretty much a shrine to Ghostbusters and everything. And when they first came out with that, I was kind of hesitant on it, but I was like, I, like, I have to give it a shot. And when I watched it, I mean, it wasn't the best thing in the world, but it really wasn't the worst thing that a lot of people were trying to make it out to be. And that's kind of the way I would explain it to people. The thing that I will always say that they did above and beyond better than anybody else 
and no, why nobody has experimented with this is beyond me mm-hmm. is I went to go uh, see that in 3d and anytime the, like the proton stream or something, they wanted to give more of a 3d effect. It would extend into mm-hmm. the, like, I don't say black bars, but it would extend above the picture. So in 3d, it looked like it was popping out because it would go past <laughs> above the picture, above the picture or below the picture. I'm like, yeah. that's really cool. And that's something nobody has tried even since then, but it worked and it works so well. And I know that there were, there was like, especially like little girls out there that watched that movie and like, they started liking ghostbusters. And at the end of the day, that that didn't didn't erase my childhood with it. It didn't erase like how much I love the first movie. It's just a different adaptation. Like I don't have to watch it. I can still put in the original. And I'm still gonna have those memories. But if a newer generation and this works with so many different other things, if they're popping in something new, whether it be you know Ghostbusters or Ninja Turtles, when that was a when they were actually they still kind of redo that, or even some of the newer Star Wars like that's fine like you're still gonna have your memories that doesn't take away from it yeah and like i think ghostbusters is actually an ex- like a perfect example of that because i remember i haven't seen the girl ghostbuster one um because i wasn't really that big into the ghostbusters as it was like i i enjoy it uh i will watch it if it's on but when the new movie was released or was uh, announced and there was a trailer for the new Ghostbusters that had, I'm assuming it didn't come out because of everything that happened where it was explained. It was showing that it's Egon's granddaughter mm-hmm. finding his stuff. And it's like starting this whole new thing about Ghostbusters. I saw so many people attacking the movie and being like, Oh, they're just re like, they're just, they can't come up with anything new. There's remaking. Duh, duh, duh. It's like, they're clearly not remaking the Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> it is his granddaughter. It is literally moving down the line. Like, I don't understand why people are attacking this. And they're like, no, it's, it's not original. It's not this. It's like, really? It's, it was, so when was the last time you've seen a movie about Egon's granddaughter finding his Ghostbuster gear? <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's so infuriating that people are just like, no, I don't care. No. I, th- I think it's one of those things that people just want to find stuff to complain about because when that first trailer came out, it's either people were complaining that it was kids, so that was a uh, derivative of uh, Stranger Things, but Stranger Things also took from Ghostbusters 2 for season two. So like, I mean, you're, they're not really, they're not copying off each other. And granted, yeah. it does also star Finn Wolfhard, but he's just a really popular kid actor and- <laughs> you're going to get a lot of attention actually when it comes down to it of like any teenage actor he's probably my favorite because he's really had a good career and he's just started yeah uh and then you did have a lot of people who were more defensive of the female ghostbusters and they were like well you should give all these man babies what they wanted and blah 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 and i'm like listen like i don't (laughs) i didn't hate the all female ones so like I, i shouldn't suffer for all that and then, I mean, you get people like you said, where it's just like, well, it's still not this. It's not like, I don't know. It's Ghostbusters. I'm happy. Uh, I know <laughs> when I first watched that trailer, like it kind of like goes back to what we were talking about. Like I, like I kind of teared up a little bit. Like I got, I got really excited. And then because of COVID, it got pushed from July to next year at March. So it's like, great. Now oh, we had nine, I could have had watched it by now, but instead oh. I gotta wait, I gotta wait till March of next year. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I didn't know. I knew it had gotten pushed out because I, I think by now we were supposed to come out. 
Um, and I was just like, man, like that, that was such a, like a cool movie that I was actually like genuinely looking forward to. And I would have a hundred percent gone to the movies to go see. So I just, yeah, it, it's people want to especially when it, like, I don't want to say especially wrestling fans, but that's all I see on my timeline. So it's a lot of wrestling fans that were just like, I don't, I don't understand why they're remaking this. And it was like, it's, it's not a remake. It's just a, it's another movie in a realm of, 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 you know, something that you watched when you were a kid and you're just being cranky about it and it's stop being cranky. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're progressing the same story that I grew up with, but you, yeah. you can't, you can't have the original ghostbusters because I mean, obviously Egon has passed away. So they, they're, they're not going to recast that. There's no way in hell they're no, going to recast no. that. Absolutely not. And at the same time, if like if these men like were real, as in like there was actually Ghostbusters, they would be retired by now. So yes, there's <laughs> going to have to be new Ghostbusters. You're gonna have to face it because it's been it's been all, like it's well uh, over thirty years since the original. I think we're really close to thirty years since the, the second one. Yeah. So like time like if you really want that sequel that a lot of people wanted, there's a video game they made for it, and really it, it is great. It's it's fantastic, but. I'm perfectly fine, and especially too. Like, if we get it to where the kids are really good, then like you have a whole new franchise. I think you probably would get it a little bit with because this is where you can relate to it a little bit more with us. Uh, Jurassic Park, like yeah. you, you have to have a new cast with that. Like you have to. I mean, granted, you're not going to do. You're definitely not going to do kid dinosaur hunters. That'd be kind of funny, but <laughs> you're, you're still going to like try. Like, okay, we ha we can't bring Jeff Goldblum in from the beginning. We can't do that. Like, it just can't be like, all right, everybody's coming back, and you have to build new. And like, that's where Jurassic World is now. Yeah, and that's when Jurassic World, the first one, came out. A lot of people were skeptical, uh, and then I watched it, and I immediately fell in love with it. And um, people were complaining about it, saying that it was just it was trash like it was you hate they hated it it wasn't the same and this is that and it's like okay it's a complete it is a it's something that's in the jurassic park bubble and i'm always excited when something in the jurassic park bubble comes out because i just want to live in that entire fantasy for my entire life and then when jurassic world uh 2 came out everyone was like oh it's just like the lost world and it's just it's dinosaurs loose in them in you know in civilized areas of all the lot and it's like just enjoy the movie <laughs> like it's all new characters it's all new dinosaurs just enjoy the movie it's fun to watch like stop nitpicking about every little thing just watch the movie <laughs> and the, the third one coming out uh they're i believe they're bringing back a lot of their original cast and people are not even complaining about that about well you're going to bring them back but now they're going to be with all these new characters and you're supposed to care about the new characters it's like yes yes you are you are supposed to care about it because it's all fake and it's all fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah the way people get wrapped up in like movies like that i'm like i don't know if there's a movie that i've, I've ever really felt that way towards like especially like with, with dress park like i'm not huge into it but one of my best friends loves jurassic park so mm -hmm. like when we had the like the original three out you know that that was great for him and then when they were working on this new thing he was he was so excited about it and then after the second jurassic world like he started like getting sour on it and complaining and i'm like why are you complaining i'm like it's not that bad well it's this 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 and that i'm like well and i think he did try to give me like well it's not like this the book and the book was like this and i'm like well you can't always go by the book like I'm, I'm a, yeah. I'm a huge fan of the, the TV show Dexter. And then when I found out what the actual book series was like, I was like, well, 
it's not like the book, but good thing it's not like the book because that goes in a completely different direction. And you can't go always the same way of a book because people know, like they're already gonna like, all right, I know what's gonna happen. Like if it's one book, like I know, like I've, uh, haven't read many books, but I know I listened to the audiobook of Gone Girl before it came out. Loved it. Mm-hmm. So like there's parts taken out and I understand that, but it wasn't a series to where I think a lot of series, they have to go a different route. They, they want to tell a, somewhat of a different story mm-hmm. because without that, it's just, it's just repetitive. And, and even with comic book movies, like they, they try to do some different things. So you don't necessarily know what's coming. Yeah. And I honestly, I'm all about that because it's sometimes it's not fun going into a movie knowing exactly what's going to happen verbatim. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's, do you, you want a little element of surprise? Cause then, you know, when something happens, it's like, Oh, that's really cool. That, Oh, okay, cool. Uh, and I just, I, I don't know it. People, people are stuck in their ways and that goes for any type of genre of fandom. It goes for like comic book fans or it goes for movie fans or, wrestling fans everyone's very stuck in their ways wrestling fans have a lot to complain about and i'm not saying that it's valid i'm just saying they find (laughs) a lot to complain about this is very true (laughs) is that one thing you miss about wrestling well you're you're still on twitter oh yes i i i miss being told that i should burn my boots because i am not 110 pounds blonde hair and doing uh Bro- uh, bronco busters in the corner <laughs> you know i miss it so much <laughs> god that's gonna this is gonna sound like a dumb question but people actually fucking say that to you oh i yeah per- it's always a mix of okay. you get those people then you get the people that uh are trying to be complimentary but are still coming off really weird where it's like oh you're like a really good wrestler for a fat girl and it's like okay <laughs> like, thanks i guess um but yeah, it's it's just it's a large mix. Like I will say, the, for the majority, uh, the fans that I have interacted with have been wonderful. It's always just like that small percentage of wrestling fans that are crappy, especially the ones towards women. Um, it is very it's like it's rare, but sometimes those people are the loudest, um, and that's why it's always harder to tune them out. And that's why you'll see on Twitter, especially people getting into fights with fans because fans are being disrespectful and although it is you know it's easier to just ignore them sometimes you do have to kind of put them in their place because they need to understand that just because you're sitting here and being louder than all of these fans who are being respectful it doesn't mean that you're doing like you're being okay um and so it's it's a very small minority of fans that are on the wrong side of the wrestling fandom uh and those ones it just sometimes it's it's uh it's hard to take but the rest of the world and the wrestling fans uh are wonderful very supportive and great and those are the ones that i am i do miss i genuinely miss i'm not being sarcastic this time <laughs> i do miss those fans i know it like it kind of sucks that i've never seen you in person or like even obviously wrestle in person, but I know, and this will be the last topic we get into before uh, the Fan Five questions. But okay. I know I wanted to go see Dropkick Depression, especially with my fiance. She has a lot of she has depression, and like she's you know she goes to a counselor and whatnot. But I know at one point I started going to there's like a yearly show around here, and oddly enough, before everything happened, they decided they weren't going to run this year. 
but uh, Dropkick Diabetes, because I'm a diabetic, mm-hmm. so I'm like, all right, like I want to go to this show. I've always wanted to go even before I was diagnosed, because I have family, uh, all who have sadly passed away, but like all who are diabetic, so like it's something that I can relate to. And when we started going to that, she was like, well, I want to find one for depression, and she ends up finding Dropkick Depression, <laughs> or, I, or I told her Dropkick Depression, and then she also loves dinosaurs, so like she's seen like who you were, and she's like, oh my god, I love her, she's great. So that got her so interested, and there were so many times where like we wanted to go, but the drive from Ohio to New Jersey, granted, I'm a truck driver, that's not too far for me, but I have this real hatred of driving through Pennsylvania because of mm-hmm. how long and boring it can be. So I always <laughs> yeah. try not to do it. So I know like hopefully when the world gets back to uh, normal, I'm able to come out and we're able to come out because I know even even if you're not going to be there, it's still good cause, good uh, I know, people that I know who are there I love. But uh, for those who don't know, explain about Dropkick Depression. So Dropkick Depression is uh, my company that originally just started as more of like a an online forum for people to, with depression to kind of like interact, especially in wrestling, um, because it for some reason seemed like it needed to be a, a thing that had to be out there. Um, and people started gravitating to it really well. Uh, and especially after I had uh, I'd spoken out about everything that I was going through and my depression and people were really positive about it. And I wanted to help make other people feel that way and feel positive and happy. Uh, so I started attempting to run shows. Uh, our first show was a train wreck. Uh, 10 people showed up and I think half of the roster called out day of. Um, so that was fun, but you can watch it on India wrestling TV. And then after that, I was still like, ah, like, I don't want to do this. This isn't going to do anything. Like no one cares. And so I was convinced to do a second show. And the second show we sold the building out. We ran out of chairs. People were standing uh, to watch. And even though it was a small building, it was still like 200 people. Um, and it was a huge success. And everybody loved it. And it was just like the motivation to really like kick it into gear and be like, all right, I can do something with this. And so I ended up turning Dropkick Depression into an actual nonprofit uh, to help anyone that really needed assistance in getting uh, financial aid, basically for uh mental health services sorry i'm like stuttering because i get really like passionate when it comes to dropkick and then i just spaz out um and i so i we started we we run shows to help you know just kind of keep the message alive and everybody that's on the show has either experienced some form of mental illness whether it be depression or anxiety uh who someone who has lost someone because of a mental illness or someone who just is really passionate about helping people. Like we make sure that everybody on the card is there for the right reasons. Um, people will contact me and be like, Hey, I want to get on, on dropkick depression. And I'll ask them like, why do you want to be part of dropkick depression? And their if their response is, well, cause it's, I, you know, I saw that you had a, a wrestling show that day, nine times out of 10, I, I won't book them. Um, because, the point of dropping depression is to be a safe place for people who might not be okay to just get away for a few hours and enjoy the night. And I need to make sure that everyone there has the same goal and the same reason for wanting to be there. And it has kind of turned into this great little atmosphere 
where we have fans and we have we have some fans that come from shows that they you know aren't the most comfortable at for whatever reasons and they're able to just come and sit and relax and just have fun and that just makes it so worth it to me and this whole pandemic has kind of like thrown everything out the window we were gonna crown our first champion we like had all these things going and i was so like it was gonna be a great year and now like with everything i had to put dropkick on a hold because i don't want to risk my roster or my fans to what is going on in the world and i know it sucks because it it's like a place that people could go just to like decompress for a little bit. And now they no longer have that, but it's just something I, I, I genuinely care for the fans that come to our shows just as much as I do the roster, just as much as I do my, like, you know, my friends and my family. And so I want to protect everyone. And so it's definitely been a, a rough year for dropkick uh, with everything, but it's we're still gonna find ways to help the community and help people and it's it's my uh it's my baby as i tell people it's my passion and hopefully uh, once everything clears up we can get back to having fun wrestling shows and letting people forget about their troubles for a few hours i think with like everything we see in professional wrestling whether it be the fans whether it be uh the wrestlers whether it be companies it's really cool to see a company out there that is trying to keep the best of everything and be able to support the community and be that way towards everybody else within the actual like wrestling community. And I don't know if I've ever heard anybody talk bad about you. And I, <laughs> and I mean, I mean, that's just like God awful truth, not awful, but it's just like hundred percent honest truth. And then I think that that says a lot about like who you are and it like sucks that like I said that you've never wrestled in this area because I think you'd have been amazing, but <laughs> like you've still like found a way to uh, blaze your own path, carve your own niche, and like I've kind of forgot like just like following you on Twitter and everything. How many like other things you do on top of everything, like, whether it be like your real life or like things you you do with merch and uh, design and all this kind of stuff, and like you like you still manage to start a company like start dropkick depression even having one of uh, like some of the worst luck you could for a very first show but you still pursued and like i feel like you were rewarded afterwards and like how many people are you either wrestling mom for but if it is it's all for good reason <laughs> i mean i just oh, man wrestling is uh taken up i want to say 10 11 years of my life now i want to say uh and yeah, like you mentioned that I never like been out in that area. Like I gotten out to Ohio once. Did I wrestle? I wrestled in Ohio once. I did at the gathering of the Juggalos. Oh, yep. okay. I did that. You did <laughs> I do think that. About it. I did. I did. But I feel like that's not a show that uh, many of the wrestling fans would have gone to. Um, but yeah, like I. It's kind of funny that you say that, like, no, you haven't heard anyone ever talk bad about me because the, uh, for someone to go through, I don't know, 10 years of wrestling and then now, I guess, 11 years of just being around wrestling to not have, uh, as many enemies as you would think one would have, I feel like that's probably my biggest accomplishment. <laughs> uh, and then when I go to a show that I put on for the first time and 10 people show up, 
And I still have the uh, mentality of, it's okay, we can do this. Uh, I want to say that's part of the wrestling training and me telling me like, hey, you may have gotten knocked down, but it's time to get right back up. And yeah, we had, man, we had the whole like half of the roster not show up and it was just, it was a nightmare. But I knew that it was something that I wanted to keep doing and I wanted to really like, I wanted it to make to make a difference. And I think now we're trying, <laughs> you know, we're, we're doing our best. I totally forgot that you wrestled at the Gathering of the Juggalos. I've heard, I heard that. Mm-hmm. And all, like you wrestled Jeff, your husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, which gathering was it? That was a few years back. I did two gatherings. I okay. do not remember what numbers they were. I think uh, not. I went. I did the one before they went to um, Colorado, and then the one before that. So I want to say it was like seventeen and sixteen, seventeen and eighteen. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm personally lost on the years. I went to, I went to the first one they had at uh, second one technically in Ohio, but first one at Nelson Ledges in Garrettsville, Ohio, and. Okay. The fact that they had a gathering literally like three towns over from where I was living as a teenager, I was like, oh, I'm going. Like, oh, I, yeah. it's, I, it's a whole experience. It's an experience that I wish every single person could, could just do once because it's the weirdest, most like insane experience you will ever have, whether it be good or bad. It's insane. And it was just, I like, I genuinely looked forward to it the second, like the first year. Uh, within five minutes of being there, I was crying and said I wanted to go home uh, because it just started out real bad for me. Uh, and then the second year, I was just like, oh, my God, I get to go back to the gathering. I get to watch like just <laughs> some of the coolest people and the weirdest things that you'll ever see. And it was just like everyone there is genuinely like so nice. And everyone there just wants like there's no fights. No one ever gets into a fight. Everyone's there like. Jeff and I attempted to set up a tent and we couldn't set up the tent and like two random people came up and were like, Hey, do you need help? And they set the whole thing up for us. And it was just like, Oh, they're so nice. And it's just the coolest experience that if you have the chance to go just witness everything, if you're a people watcher, it's the best. It's just so cool to see all the like amazingly like awesome people that are there. And the cool thing is if you don't want to actually go, there are like a couple documentaries online I've seen like, Oh yes. That like go through the gathering and like, it's, there's, it's obviously different ones, but it, it is an experience. Like I went once as a teenager and it was actually oddly enough, what soured me on them. I had a, I, I actually had a really bad weekend, whether uh, my car got towed, which was kind of more on my fault. My car got broken into like the next day. I think I want not say broken into accidentally. I think I didn't lock the doors and my CD collection got stolen out of the back seat, which was in a binder. So like all these like CDs, like which granted, like I think half of them might've been burnt, but I didn't have the master copies. And then there were some harder to find CDs that were gone and I probably never replaced. So like that whole thing sucked, but I did and eventually get back into them and uh, I, it was the fans that helped me because like, it, just like I had a bad experience and they kind of showed me like, yeah, we're not all like that. Or maybe you just had like ran into the wrong people that weekend. And there were some other things on, on top of that weekend, but I was planning on going this year because they were coming back to Garrettsville 
coming back to like the same place. So I got to like relive, I was going to basically relive my teenage years, but actually uh, <laughs> hopefully have a great weekend. And then everything happened. I was like, really? Damn, like good thing I didn't actually, cause I don't even remember if tickets actually went on sale, but I know like that was something I was really, really looking forward to. The only thing that I know was going to suck was AIW's big absolution event of, it was the same weekend. So I would like miss out on what one night of the concerts, but still like, yeah. I, I, I love them. And that's actually, I think what got me in more into, uh, collecting because if okay. you're, if you really are a fan of theirs, they all like great Malenko, big album of theirs, there's five versions. Mm-hmm. And then there was the original releases. So it's like you, you're, you're trying to collect if like, if you really, really want to get that full experience and they, uh, it's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. No, there, I, it's, I went into it like just not knowing anything. I was like, I don't, especially cause like, I really don't like, um, rap in any way. Um, and I was just like, Oh, like I'm going to hate this. Uh, Jeff would play some of their stuff for me and I would just kind of wouldn't get it. Uh, and then after that weekend, I was like, oh, I get it. Like, <laughs> this is so cool. Like, it's it was just, it's such an interesting experience. And, like, they really, like, care about their, their like, fr- like, their fans and everything. And they're just, they put on a great, just everything. Everything is great about it. Um, I, even, I, even now, like, I don't listen to them. But I genuinely, like, respect, like, all the hustle that they do and everything that they do. Um, and there are a few songs that I will like, uh, if they, like, if it comes on, I'll be like, oh yeah, like, this is cool. I like this song, (laughs) but like, it's just such a fun time and just, it's, I don't know. I, I, it's such a weird thing. Cause like, if you told me three years ago that I would be talking so positively about (laughs) ICP, (laughs) I would be very confused, but yeah, it's great. I, everything about them, they're great. And I, I've gotten to see, like, I got to see Guar because of them, and that was really cool. Uh, and I got to see, like, weird bands that I never thought I would see uh, and just have a fun time. And also, they have Dole Whip there, which I, at the time, had only had a Disney World and Disneyland, and that made my whole, like, life. I was so happy that I got to have Dole Whip without having to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to get into Disney for it. <laughs> When I went, I don't think they had it. So now that kind of sucks. So which granted, they, they turned it more into an actual carnival in oh, late yeah. in later years. But like when I went, I don't remember like as much. Like I don't have pictures of it because that was two thousand and three. I want to say so. Oh, like wow, yeah. like yeah, I don't have like any pictures of that weekend. I just kind of have memories. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've I've often heard a lot of good things about like how they treat wrestlers and everything. But with 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 IC, ICP, is that why you want Fago? <laughs> uh, so i uh i was i had never heard of fago uh, i'm from the west coast so like that's not a okay thing yeah that, that makes total sense yeah and then when i came to the east coast um the year that i had met my now husband was the year that he went to the gathering the, for the first time and so he knew about fago and we were talking like we were somewhere and he got fago and he's like oh you have to try this and root beer, like I hate dark soda except for root beer. Um, and so he, I tried a root beer and was blown away. It's by <laughs> far the best root beer that I've ever had in my life. Like I will fight people for Fago root beer. 
Um, and even like the other flavors, there are certain ones that I like. Um, and I think it's funny because they all they have like a Fago version of every soda that's out there. Mm-hmm. Like there's a Fago Seven Up, there's a Fago uh, Coke, there's a Fago Sprite, there's a Fago like there's a Fago everything. Yep. Um, and those were all really good, but the Dr Pepper, I will fight like I will fight people to get Dr Pepper Fago, and I was really bummed out because the only place we can get it here. Uh, in the bottles was Sheets. But Sheets, I think, caught on to the fact that everyone was buying Fago and now has their own brand that looks exactly like Fago. It's the same size and everything. Uh, and they no longer sell Fago. <laughs> I'm going to have to go check that because that was one of the places I would go to if I was in the mood. Like, I tried not to drink a, t- a ton of pop. Like, actually, I don't. Uh, I try not to even like keep it in the house so I don't go crazy yeah. with it. But if i get that itch like it would either be there sometimes speedway um there are a couple stores that i know can sell the three liter or yeah the three liters um but it's rare and then there's like certain flavors i know like if i run into them it's a miracle that i've i'm actually running into it because they (laughs) just don't sell at many places around around here at least those particular flavors but the the root beer is a big one it reminds me of when I, was, I finally got back into them, which mainly was because they performed a show not too far from where I live. And it was, I'm like, ICP's right here. They're going to do this VIP thing where you can meet them. And I'm like, this is like for my teenage self. But like the, that whole experience was great with the fans. And I, I met a couple people that I now consider friends. And I got just soaked with Fago, especially with the, with their <laughs> with their VIP package. You get to be a part of Fago Armageddon where you get to like throw all this Fago out into the crowd with everybody and like the venue was small on top of it. But I walk out and I'm just soaked and I just smell like root beer and like clothes had that scent like even the next day, like even when I got it like dried and everything. And then I got this like craving for the root beer because I just would smell it. And I'm like, oh man, I kind of want that afraid. And like, it's not my favorite root beer, but I probably won't turn it down because it, it reminds me of that day, but I also love the taste of it. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so good. It's my, like, it, it, it makes me very sad. There's the only place we can get it like, like at all is an hour and a half South of here. And it's like a specialty soda place and you can only get it in glass bottles and the glass bottles, you take like three, like actual drinks out of it and it's gone. Cause it's a tiny bottle uh so yeah that's that's the only root beer that i've had uh recently and i had to drive an hour and a half to get to it <laughs> so it's it sucked <laughs> and here soon soon as i actually can get out to the post office i did find a box you will have a shipment of fago sent to you and it is mostly root beer because you said that was your favorite I'm like well Ugh. all i bought up all the ones that the particular gas station i went to had out that were weren't in like a freezer section so they were <laughs> quote a little bit warmer so i'm like well they're just going to get warm anyway. And I just picked them all, <laughs> but I, I walked out of there. I was so like, excited. I, I walked out of there with 20 bottles and I think I only bought two for myself. One was red pop. Cause I haven't had it in a while. And the yeah. other one, which I haven't had yet. There's, there's Fago fruit punch, but then there's this Ohana brand of like, it's actually owned by Fago. That's also a fruit punch. So I think the, huh. the fruit punch Fago is a little bit more carbonated. And I think this one is more like uh Tahitian treat maybe, or maybe like a Hawaiian punch. 
Oh, that's cool. I've never even heard of that. That's really neat. Well, you're getting one, so. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm so excited. I'm, gonna, I'm probably going to cry. <laughs> I, I mean, I literally I grabbed. I an unboxing video. <laughs> <laughs> I literally grabbed one of each. And ironically enough, if you, if you find any cat hair in there, it's my cat because uh, when we have, I have this box sitting out for a while, like he was just like, oh, my mm -hmm. box. Oh, yeah, of course. That's, that's what happens anytime there's a box anywhere in my house. It's the cats. All three of them are like, oh, box. Cool box. Well, your gray cat will think it's his ha his hair because my cat is also gray. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh man! All right, let's uh, start to wrap this show up and let's get okay. into the Fave Five questions. Hey, this is Booker right. T Five Time Champ, and this is the Fave Five questions. Now, can you dig it? All right, let's start with. Well, we've already talked about uh, pop soda, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Pepsi or Coke? Uh neither but if you had to make me choose i'd say coke okay so you don't really care for either of them i don't like any dark soda that's not oh you here. you did say that that is true my bad yeah i hate dark soda it, just the taste or it just i don't know it just probably the taste it just everything about it i just it's like thick and gross mm, no. and yeah but if you get like sprite or sierra mist or seven up or any like fruit soda i'm all for but I, I do not like dark soda. <laughs> okay, then to kind of go with that favorite clear soda. Sprite, hands down. Sprite's up there. Uh, I think if I don't have it in a while, there's just that taste of Sierra Mist that is just oddly refreshing. Like, I don't I don't yeah. know what it is, but it's I have to like space out when I have it. Mm -hmm. All right, question number two. Okay, this this will be good for you. Okay. Especially from from where you're at, and you've probably answered this a million times. Sheets or Wawa? I'm a Sheets girl. Uh, I know everybody in New Jersey will probably hate me for saying that, uh, but I'm a Sheets girl. I love Sheets. Sheets is great. I know I don't have anything against Wawa. Yeah, no, same. Like I, I mean, I this is this is Sheets country. The only thing we have that opposes them, which I I do love, it's called Get Go on uh, mm -hmm. this side of pennsylvania and a little bit uh, in ohio and i think maybe a little bit into indiana too we have uh giant eagle as a mm -hmm. uh, chain grocery store and that's their gas station and they started doing made to order like so many years ago and okay. the thing that we have that that will get has that i love then i found out wawa has it too we have the pilgrim which is uh i think wawa's version is called like the gobbler or something Oh yeah, the like the turkey meal, or the the Thanksgiving meal on a sandwich. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's so good. Other than that, like <laughs> I mean, I I still I still love Sheets, and it's like one of my top three gas stations that I go to just sometimes just for gas. But it's has to be Get Go Sheets or uh, Speedway. Yeah, I Sheets. Like I mean, I go to Wawa. I think once every two three days. Like I'm always at Wawa, but sheets is just perfect <laughs> question number three adam's family or the munsters adam's family i've actually i think i've gotten into an argument with my husband for that exact reason because he's a, he's a monsters man <laughs> i think the, the fun thing about this question i always tell people it's like there's no right or wrong answers just where you where you where you're at with it yeah <laughs> because like I've never met anyone that like just downright hates the monsters or downright hates Adam's family. It's just, you prefer one or the other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause it, it's just two sides of a coin and it's just which one you prefer it to land on. That's all. 
is there any particular reason why you like Adam's family more? Um, no, I just think I, I've always enjoyed all like the different iterations of the Adams family, like all the different ways that it's been put out, like the cartoon or the TV show or the movies. Like I've always liked them. Uh, I just, I don't think I've had, like I haven't gotten enough of the monsters. Like it's, it's a small amount versus the larger amount of the Adams family. Um, but I, I've always been just a big fan of the Gomez Morticia, uh, dynamic. So I just, I think it's great. I love it. Yeah. I think that's kind of like the common answer if, if that's what you do side with, but I will say it's crazy that if you actually look into history of Adam's family and monsters, like just the actual TV show part, they were literally around like the same time beginning to end within, they ended and began within weeks of each other. Oh, wow. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that until I found something on YouTube, I think. And I just, that talked about both of them and I was like, all right, I'll sit down and watch this. Yeah. And I was just blown away. Cause I'm like, Oh my God. Like, so they, they didn't really copy each other. They just came around at the same time with uh, a little different, a little different background. Cause obviously Munst- yeah. monsters had pulls a little bit from the universal monsters, but not the branding of the universal monsters. And Adam's family actually was a comic strip. Yeah. Uh, question number four, let's, let's go with pancakes or waffles. Waffles. Any particular reason why? Waffles or pancakes with pockets. <laughs> I feel like someone <laughs> said that recently, that or I seen it in a meme. But regardless, it is one hundred percent true. <laughs> it's so true, and I like putting stuff on my breakfast uh, dessert, so it just it holds the stuff well. Like it holds whatever I'm putting on top of it well. So pan- uh, definitely waffles. Recently, I asked, uh, I said recently, it was earlier this year, technically later last year, but it aired early this year. I asked that question to Veda, Veda Scott, Mm -hmm. that and a bunch of other ones. Like, and she was just like in the middle of the road. She's like, well, like there's these one kind of pancakes that I really like, but my dad makes really good waffles or however it was. And it was just like this. So in the middle of the road (laughs) answer. And there's a couple other ones. She was like that too. And I'm just like, well, you pick one. And then I think she's, yeah. She said something about French toast on Twitter, like not that long after it. So I was like, all right, French toast, waffles, or pancakes. She's like, well, they're just, I'm like, see, you can't pick an answer. Damn it. <laughs> to be fair, it's just, it's breakfast. Breakfast desserts are great. And I say desserts because technically a pancake and a waffle and French toast, that's all dessert. We should not be eating that for breakfast. <laughs> but yeah, no, I am pro waffle, especially because uh, Waffle House, come on, like, come on. Yeah, but IHOP's really good too. Like, I oh re- no, no, uh, Waffle House is leagues above uh, an IHOP or a Denny's or any of those other breakfast establishments. I mean, when it comes to breakfast establishments, I lean towards, and they're definitely not everywhere, but Shoney's, mainly because they got the breakfast. Is. Yeah, they got the breakfast buffet, and I'm like, all right, anything I want's up there. This is awesome. But and oh, French toast sticks. Like those, I mean, granted, they're, they're so simple. I mean, I mean, they're just so good too, but yeah, that's, that's the one I lean towards is Shoney's, but it, it depends on my mood. Like whether I want to go for a Waffle House, I think IHOP's not that bad. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number five. Let's go with, I'm curious to where you are on this. I don't think I've heard you talk about it. Best physical portrayal of the Joker. Ah. <sighs> See, 
it's hard because my favorite joker is mark hamill and that so. is why it is worded as such because so many people <laughs> would just go mark hamill let's move on yeah like mark hamill's my favorite joker ah uh, i think I, mean, I always say if if it comes down to like joker and batman everybody's gonna go towards kevin conley and mark hamill like there's just yeah so much iconicness with both of them yeah but i want to go with like more physical portrayal because like when you're actually that character and you're spending time in makeup and all these times shooting a movie i think that that says a lot more than just like doing just doing a voiceover which is not a knock towards them because they people always lean towards them like they immediately jump over those other people (laughs) so i need to make it a little bit of balanced playing field and go okay which one (laughs) like pick which one that actually was uh that character so I think I'm going to do the stereotypical answer and say Heath Ledger. But my reasoning is because he was the first of the comic book movie um, uh, castings that people had an outward outrage towards freaking out going, he's not going to be able to do that. Are you kidding me? Like, that makes no sense. What are you doing? Like people legitimately freaking out because someone that they'd only seen in rom-coms uh, or like non-comic booky type movies was going to play like this character that they've all idolized, um, and so he then took that and then knocked it out of the park and was just it was he was perfect for that role like beyond like he just he did it perfectly. Um, so I will say Heath Ledger simply for that fact. Um, I'm not a big Batman fan. Like I'm not a big like batman and like all the different villains or anything so like i won't like i don't have that leg to stand on where like i'm a diehard batman fan that can you know name you all the different jokers and why they're all the best but from my little bit of batman love i'll give it to heath ledger not a hardcore stereotypical answer because it is a big toss-up between that and jack nicholson like okay it's at um it's hard to pick between those two because a lot of people will go for more of the iconic eighties and what, what they, mm-hmm. what they grew up with. And then there's, uh, Keith Ledger, which he, he's hands down my favorite. And you bring up a good point of going back to people going crazy about, Oh, why did, why did they cast this? Cause I remember when people were going crazy about that, mm-hmm. but I was so excited for just this new Batman movie and the fact that we were getting Joker again. I was really, I mean, I love Batman Begins, So I was, so excited for the new one so when he got cast people were mad and then obviously passed away and that led to just where the movie ended up going popularity wise but it's one of those great examples that hey maybe you should calm down about like Mm -hmm. oh this one person played this part so we should hate him so let's go now with um robert Robert pattinson yeah robert pattinson like yep i've i've seen him in other movies and i'm i've gotten to the point in my life where I don't care what you announce, whether you're like, oh, we're remaking this movie or this person's cast for this movie and this is what we're doing. I'm like, okay, whether I like it or not, I'm going to reserve judgment until the trailer because that's going to mm-hmm. actually let me know what this movie's going to look like, good or bad. Yeah. So with Robert Pattinson, I was like, well, he's he isn't in too much that I like, but I know, A, it's just acting and you can play parts like that and you can play really great parts but i i did see him in lost city of zed and he wasn't really that bad and it actually took me a a minute to realize i'm like oh that's robert pattinson okay here we go so 
I was curious to see what he would do. And then with the trailer release in this past weekend, he killed it. Or at least, at least yeah. th- that trailer killed it. And I'm, I'm really excited for it. And it kind of brings me back to Batman Begins, A Dark Knight. So whenever that movie finally comes out, I'm definitely going to go out and see it. Yeah, I, I, I probably won't end up seeing it in theaters. Um, but I will definitely go out of my way to see it once it's released in some manner. Um, but yeah, it he definitely looks like he killed it. I knew him from, because I never watched the Twilight movies, so I knew him from Harry Potter, uh, which was before the Twilight movies. So I definitely was getting uh, like thrown off a little bit, like, oh, he's Batman? Like, all right. Like, I'm thinking of the kid that was in uh, in Harry Potter, so let's see. And then he just, he looks perfect for it. And so it just, it goes to show you that all these fans want to yell and complain, and then the actual, you know, footage comes out, and they're just like, oh, wait. <laughs> Was that your reaction to David Tennant too? Oh, he's in Harry Potter. So I actually never realized he was in Harry Potter until after <laughs> I watched Doctor Who. And then I went back and watched Harry Potter. Wait, what? Don't you love that yep. in movies where you like go back and like realize like somebody is in a part maybe either whether it be you just overlooked it or whether you didn't know them at the time and now you know them and you go back and watch you're like, oh, holy shit. Like I've, I've known who this actor was. I just didn't pay attention. Yeah, it's it's always my favorite to like go back and be like, oh, I see you now. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, question number six, and I got this as a two-parter for you. And the uh, okay. the second half, I'm not gonna, I'm not sure if you're gonna have an answer, so it could fail on me. But okay. probably a popular question for you: favorite dinosaur? T Rex. A stereotypical answer, but I respect it because when it comes down to it, I've always loved the T Rex myself. So my answer always, it depends on what week it is. Uh, okay. My favorite dinosaur changes constantly. Uh, for solid, it's been a, for a solid few months, it's been T-Rex. Um, but I'll get into these weird like moods where I'm like, you know what? Like feel more like a Velociraptor. Like I feel like I like Velociraptors more. Like, you know what? You know what? I like Triceratops more. Like, yeah, you know what? Like Pterodactyls more. Like I just, I just get in one of those moods. Cause like my husband jokes with me that I don't have a favorite animal. All of my animals are, are all animals are my favorite animal because I just love, like I'll see a cat and like, Oh my God, the cats are the best. Or like, I'll see a raccoon. Oh my God. Raccoons are the best. Or, Oh my God, sharks are the best. Or so like, I don't, I can't, when it comes down to animals, I can't narrow it down. And that goes for the same for dinosaurs. So currently T-Rex, uh, I think before the T-Rex, I was on a weird triceratops kick. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, t-rex right now <laughs> also i think for me because i was thinking back when i was a kid like i didn't necessarily gravitate towards t-rex i think a lot of stuff i never gravitate towards the most popular thing at first but the mm-hmm. and i had to look up the name because i just forget about it the ankylosaurus mm-hmm. like as a Those kid like, tanks. yeah as a kid i always thought they would look really awesome and then like when i kind of think like if you ask me off the bat i'm probably gonna say t-rex but then i'm mm-hmm. either gonna go either the ankylosaurus or the or uh stegosaurus yeah but those were more like my favorite as a kid t-rex it's just i don't know t-rex is the big dinosaur in jurassic park like bringing it Mm -hmm. back to that and then i know when uh the t-rex came out in jurassic world i like i got excited (laughs) and i'm not even a huge fan of that but i was like oh yeah t-rex here he is coming out that's gonna be awesome (laughs) all right the second part to this question um favorite dinosaurs character i'm the worst fan ever because i don't remember their names (laughs) but i do remember the baby making me laugh more than anything (laughs) 
Um, but I genuinely don't remember their names. And that's a horrible thing as someone who claims to be the queen of the dinosaurs. I should know all dinosaurs' names. Uh, but yes, I do remember the baby uh, being my favorite part. And then I feel like I might not remember their names because I think I might be traumatized. And I probably blocked it all out of my mind uh, after the last episode. I feel like that might be the better. <laughs> like that might have been what happened. <laughs> Uh, the baby was just named Baby Sinclair. Okay, it was just a baby. Yeah. Okay. The brother was Robbie. Earl was the mom. Fran was the dad. And I cannot remember the name of the sister. Yeah, I, I, I genuinely think the last episode traumatized me as a child. And I haven't watched it since I was a child. So I just don't. I think I blocked it all out of my mind. <laughs> I remember revisiting it when it first came back on Netflix and there was like the first season or so I had on VHS. So it was like rewatching these certain episodes that I rewatched so many times. And I I think a while after those episodes, I was quoting like, we're going to need another Timmy. (laughs) But yeah, that uh, such a forgotten about show when it comes to dinosaurs too. And I I had the baby Sinclair doll. I God, I wish I still had that thing where uh, a pull, you pulled a string and I talked like, I think I got that for my birthday when I was in like kindergarten, but oh, wow. every, everybody kind of forgets about it. I, I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. Well, we have a framed, uh, art print of the family on our wall here. Uh, it's something that my husband actually had before we met. And when we moved into our apartment, I immediately framed it and put it in our living room. <laughs> <laughs> a family photo. Yes, a family photo, exactly. <laughs> All right, this has been fun. Any final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Uh, yeah, just if you can, check out Dropkick Depression. Uh, I don't really have much of me to promote because I don't really do much anymore. Uh, so yeah, just check out Dropkick Depression. It's uh, dropkickdepression.com. Uh, Twitter, you can just find it by Dropkick Depression. Same thing for Instagram. And then on Twitter, it's Operation DD because Dropkick Depression is too long for Twitter. <laughs> Any other things to plug? Uh, I know you do have a Patreon for both. Uh, yeah. So the well, the Patreon for Dropkicks kind of on hold. Uh, the drop the Patreon for myself is uh, eighteen plus and is just more of a body positivity type thing. Um, and then you can always find me on Twitter at Tara Calloway. Uh, I'm very opinionated and very loud on Twitter. Uh, but it's also the social media platform that you will most likely be able to get me to respond to you because I don't go on Facebook. <laughs> you're you're very loud, very opinionated, but at the same time, I think there's times where when you are being that, you're actually being positive. And like, oh, yes, <laughs> you, you're trying to throw that out in the world. Like one of my favorite things you did earlier this year where you were just like, uh, like, quote, tweet this and like tell somebody like how much you mean to them or something. And I, I think I did that to a couple people and i got responses back and there was like one of them or two of them were like you have no idea how much this means to me like i've had a really bad day and i I think it goes to show like sometimes like you just need to throw out that kind of positivity whether it's whether it be something you think every day like i listen to a lot of podcasts and every so and so i'll reach out to one of them and tell them what what i like and i keep up the good work and i mean if they respond back that's fine but if not i should say if not you know it's not a big deal but i just want them to know this is how I feel. You're doing great. Keep up the good work. I'm a fan. And just, I sometimes just, we need that little bit of encouragement. Yeah. 
I, I definitely try to shout that out into the world. Um, I definitely think that I might be a little overdue for some more like aggressive positivity on Twitter. So I might do that when we get off of the phone, but (laughs) (laughs) I, I'm a very loud opinionated person, but all for the right reasons on Twitter. When, when it comes to it, like Twitter can just be horrible and you, you kind of need somebody to turn up the positivity. Like I know every so once in a while, because one of my inspirations is Mr. Rogers. I'll throw like throw out some of his quotes because mm-hmm. sometimes like he had words that just can really echo with you and can like maybe help you feel better and help you like, or just like kind of like sometimes just refocus. Yeah. I, you know what? He's. He's a good a good thing to to put out there uh, to remind people that sometimes it may you know things may suck, but at the end of the day we're all here together, and if we're all helping each other and being a good neighbor, uh, we can get through it together. <laughs> exactly, and you can find myself at Heavyset three three zero on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email if you so choose, desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Your Everless is Fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, wrestling cheers.podbeanjock.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside. Eurovision Showcase, Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. And check out our other non-podcast friends, such as Let the Hate Flow Through You, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, Virtual Pros, Center of the Universe, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, The Chick Foley Show, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, at Odds with Wrestling, Marks with Mikes, and Dark Match Podcast. Check out our other non-podcast friends, such as Thrift Star Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, Good Company, Toy Hio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smokin' Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name especially when you are a lot of people's wrestling mama later.